0: Welcome to Inspiration from the Couch. I'm Avery. I'm Jamie. And I'm Lucy. We are psychologists and
1: moms. Join us as we discuss what we've figured out, what we've yet to figure out, and what there's just no figuring out.
2: It's sure to be fun, and you may be inspired along the way. Welcome, thanks so much for joining us today. We're going to continue our in-depth dive and discussion into the book Being of Power by Baron Baptiste. So, last week we talked about a principle called be a yes, and today we're going to move into a principle, one of my favorite practices, called give it up to get empty. And so in case you missed last week, Being of Power is a book that kind of outlines these nine practices to ignite an empowered life. So as with all of our episodes that relate to books, you don't have to have read it. We'll give you everything you need to know. And these are just ideas that we have found really, really kind of cool and helpful as well. So the basic premise of this is that we are already whole and complete, right? We lack nothing. And so he uses this analogy, which I love, almost like a sculpture, is made by like having a big block of marble. And then the sculptor will kind of just chip away at the excess. And so almost how do we think about that in our own lives in terms of giving things up so we can come back to our authentic self. So he uses this analogy of dropping bricks, right? That we carry around these bricks, this excess stuff that we don't need. So what are some of the bricks that we tend to carry with us or that you notice in your own lives? One of the bricks that I definitely carry around is expectations of
0: myself and others, And I think it's an ongoing process to figure out how, like, that I'm doing it and how to put it down. But that definitely is a big brick.
2: What are some of the expectations
0: you notice? Like, perfectionistic expectations, expectations that things are going to go a certain way, that, you know, if I do X, Y, and Z, then I can guarantee that I'll get A, B, C. You know, just kind of those, like, I'm a planner, and so I I think that sometimes is a strength, but then having a really rigid, clear plan of, like, I'm going to do this, and you're going to do that, and then we're going to, that that can get me really stuck. Yeah,
1: it will be heavy. And I think probably for me, uh, expectation is definitely one, and then probably expectation's cousin, which is uh, judgment, (laughs) that one. So when expectations are not met, I can have a lot of judgment around that.
2: Yeah, so those are two big bricks that we can notice and drop. Um, Fear is another one that tends to come up. These fear-based stories that we have. What do you notice about that? It's interesting you say that because I think actually a lot of
0: times that expectation piece gets driven, like I said, that planning. And I think I use planning a lot to combat fear, you know, that if I'm feeling anxious about something, I've got a really clear plan, which again, sometimes it's helpful to kind of have like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to come prepared. I'm going to become, but it's not always unhelpful, but sometimes I get so bogged down in the details of the plan that I then can kind of get myself taken out of the situation. It can make me more
2: rigid and more inflexible. And I think I'm more apt to do all of that when I'm in fear. I like he talks about that when we feel stopped, we're often in fear. And that tends to be what's operating. Then he talks about with expectation, like it's kind of that belief that this shouldn't be happening this way, right? It's kind of what we tell ourselves in those moments. And it really has the effect of robbing us of our peace in the present moment, because right, we're kind of stuck in this space between like what is and then what we imagine that it should be. And that there's a lot of frustration that goes along with expectations, which is interesting because I think in my own life, like I can struggle a lot with irritability and feeling frustrated. And I think that it probably maps back to these expectations that I'm often not even aware of. Another brick he talks about, so it has a really long name, right? So he calls it the goal-driven, get it right, be right, do it perfectly or not at all attitudes. <laughs> Any experiences with these? Mm
1: -mm. Nope.
0: Nope. Coming up completely empty on that. (laughs) It kind of reminds me of what we were talking about, the bad wolf from the last episode of that, like, how to get yourself out of trying something new. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not going to be good enough, kind of what you were saying last time.
1: Yes, definitely. I mean, I think it's just kind of an extension of expectations, right? That it's all of those things, you know, that you just listed really are kind of a sort of a type of, of expectation. And I think it, you know, having those, I think really, I don't know, it just is kind of the opposite of having a joyful experience. <laughs> when We have such like rigid, like has to be this way, I got to do this, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing.
2: He describes all of those, the goal-driven, get it right, be right, mm-hmm. do it perfectly or not at all, as like a pure killjoy. Yes. I love right. that, yeah. which I have I like love underlined that. and all capitalized in my notes because it really can make life heavy. And there's not yeah. a lot of like light and ease in that sort of mindset. Mm-hmm. When you're
0: saying that, if I struck with that one thing that yoga and psychology have in common is that we call them both practices and I think that that can be a nice counter to that of like it has to be all buttoned up and perfect and awesome all the time which I definitely fall into professionally that like I have to be I'm the professional I have to be right I have to be correct I have and this idea of like practice of like we're just going to keep working it just feels so much more open and free and like in real time versus like, I have to have this kind of like
2: prepared and then share. I think it kind of offset that. Definitely almost this idea that there's nothing to figure out or to fix. It's just kind of this way of showing up and this like practice that we do. And even inherent in the word practice is this idea of like a work in progress rather than perfection or like arriving at a destination. Mm A few more quick ones just to throw out there. Fault and blame can be another brick stories and interpretation, and we'll talk a lot more about those next week in our episode on embracing naked reality. And then control, I think, can be another big brick. So of all these bricks,
1: which ones come up for you the most? I think it depends on the context. You know, I can definitely have a lot of stories, assumptions, (laughs) things that can get in the way, expectations. I mean, I think all, like, quite honestly, all of them are hit me in one way or another and it just depends on what's going on you know I think similar to you Avery if I have anxiety or fear either I'll try to control the situation in some kind of way or maybe the opposite of uh, just avoid it so that way I can not have to deal with anxiety or the fear going on
0: as I've been reading this book and kind of been thinking about it I'm aware that I know control is a big brick for me expectations and control are kind of like lay up for me like low hanging fruit I know that they're there the blame is kind of something i've been playing with recently cuz i i know that i blame myself for a lot i mean i whenever something's going on i try to take responsibility for it slash find out a way that it was my fault. And I think that comes from control, right? Like if it was my fault that this happened, then in some way I could control it and do better next time so it doesn't have to happen again. But I've been really paying attention to how much that comes up for me, that blame, self-blame, other people. I mean, I think that that's a a bigger brick than I had thought that I carried around. I do think that's so connected for me with control and expectations of all three going back to fear of, of just that like kind of... Wanting to do something now so I can prevent something bad happening later versus just kind of knowing that I can continue to deal with things as they come. Really, I mean, those are kind of I think those bricks kind of like have a lot in common for me.
2: How would you distinguish either of you between responsibility and blame? Because They have a bit of a different energy to them for me. I like to think I'm taking
0: responsibility when oftentimes it's more blame. I think like you're blaming yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it has like a critical or judgmental edge. Right. Because I think responsibility can be really motivating, like, like there can be some forward movement associated with responsibility. So, I mean, it, like, for example, today I showed up late, I was about 15 minutes late this morning, and I, I took responsibility for that. Yep, I'm, I'm late. I hope that I'm not too late. I hope that we're okay. But like, I took responsibility for that. And I'm not beating myself up about, about it right now. It was like, yeah, and y'all said, that's fine. You're very forgiving. It was over. But I think blame would be if I was still talking about it now, like three hours later, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I was like, like this just kind of like cyclical spiral stickiness. To me, with self blame.
1: And I think, like, what it seems like to me is that responsibility, there's more of an openness and there can be more of a discussion mm-hmm. around it. Whereas with blame, it seems like it causes people to just sort of stop right there. Yeah. And that's oh, it. I love that. But, yeah. And so there is just kind of this negativity around it and not really any movement forward. And I just don't find that it's, it's very helpful. It's just not very helpful.
2: And I think that's one of the biggest ideas mm. behind this book too, right? Being of power, right? How do we be empowered? But this idea that you have to take some degree of responsibility rather than blame, right? But if, right. even if something, even bad stuff happens, people aren't nice, traumas happen, like things happen, but how do we take responsibility for our reaction? Not necessarily for everything that happens, but our pieces. So we can be empowered to move forward rather Mm -hmm. than get stuck or closed down and shut down.
0: Yeah. When I'm just thinking about if with blame, I think a lot of times, whether it's self-blame or blaming others, it takes us out of the moment, right? Because like if I had been still self-blaming, now you're trying to make me feel better about the fact that I'm blaming myself versus just seeing what is like, I was late. Let's take responsibility for it. Okay, clear it out. Let's go. But it just, I think that it's kind of, it gets that like sticky quality to it. I mean, gets us off-center,
2: right? Mm-hmm. And we add those bricks, right? You got Layer them on and it becomes yep. kind of heavy. So in the book, he outlines a three-step process for dropping our bricks, right? So the first step he talks about is awareness. What comes up for y'all when you hear that?
1: I think he... Refers to you need to be aware of what is going on with you so that when there is a struggle, when you are resisting something, there is probably some fear, some anxiety, something is going on with you internally. And so that's important that we be, you know, that we be aware of that, like that we need to in the moment take some time. So that way we can then make a decision as to what we're going to do next. Like if we're, if we're not clear, if we're not aware of what's going on with us, then we're probably not going to move forward in a very empowered way.
2: That first step. And I think that's probably been a thread in a lot of our podcasts and a lot of our practices, like being mindful of things and you have to be aware before anything can shift ever. Right. And he talks about each time as an opportunity to give it up, to kind of drop the brick each time we're aware. And so the second step is acceptance. Avery, you want to talk about that? I think both of these kind of tie in a little bit to like some
0: validation of kind of being aware and accepting. Those do not feel like judgmental words. Those more feel like just sitting with what is. And I think that that's been... I mean, certainly personally a journey for me, I think with a lot of patience, that kind of first step of being validating to self and others, kind of whether you want to talk about it being like place taking or just naming it or kind of accepting where you are. I think that that's such an important first step. I think it also kind of gives you a little bit of insight so you can see it maybe coming the next time. So like if you can name the brick as expectation, it almost requires less energy to be like, oh, there I go again. I know what that is. And also, I know exactly what to do. And I've done this before and I can do it again. And almost like that over kind of like meditative quality of like, oh, yep, there it is coming up and I can put it down. And oh, it came up again and I can put it down. And kind of having
2: that familiarity with it, I think is really helpful. Like we change our relationship to it. Yeah. Right. Instead of having to be like mired in it or like fused with it, we can create a little distance and we can kind of name it and separate it and easier to set down. Right. Right. I mean, this idea too with the acceptance, like accepting things just as they are, mm-hmm. right? So often we fight our reality. Like we fight with, so, like, I got at a retreat last week and I was flying home and, I was in a row and I was like right in front of the bathroom, like kind of jutted out where it's like right there. And I was like, oh my God, is this going to be gross? And I got all like caught up (laughs) in the like, where's my seat? And how come the bathroom wasn't on the plane map when I was choosing my like Mm -hmm, this whole mm -hmm, thing? mm -hmm. And I had to stop and say like, here's what's so like, I am just sitting right here on the plane. Like here's where my seat is like before I have to go making all these stories up and creating this distress before anything has actually happened. How do I just accept what's so in this moment? And then the third step, so awareness is the first, acceptance is the second, and then declaration, right? So right now, I give up blank. Right now, I give up fear. Right now, I give up expectation. Right now, I give up control. Right now, I give up the need to be right, whatever it might be. And he really makes this note, which I feel like is so important, that the language matters. He's very big into essential language, but we're not going to say something like, I'm going to, I'm going to do it, or I'll try to do it. But right now, I give it up. What comes up for y'all with that when you think about this declaration?
1: It reminds me of like what Yoda says, right? Like, there. What does he say? I don't. Now I've lost it. What there does is he no say? Try, there is there's no try. There's only do. Right. Yeah. And so that to me is. Like a good example of, of declaration, because when people are saying that they're going to try to do something, it's not right here, right now. It's, that's a very future-oriented statement. But to say, you know, right now I give up judgment or I give up fear, it's, there is an intentionality behind that and it's present right here, right now. And I think that that's really important. It shows you can, you can start right here, right now. Like you've got what you need to do that. There's power in that. Yeah, yeah. That declaration, that statement. Because mm-hmm.
0: what I notice is it's not, I will right now do this if this other thing happens, or right. if yeah. everything <laughs> goes my way. It's just, right. this is happening. And I think it's claiming, and I think that's a big part of this group, is claiming the power that is uniquely ours, and being able to accept what is and kind of make that awareness, bring that into awareness, but also be able to claim what what is yours. yeah. Yeah. So putting down the bricks, the bricks that aren't
2: yours and picking up, I guess, the declaration that is. And He talks a lot in the book, too, that you don't have to necessarily believe it. Like what you're declaring, it's not important that you already buy into it or already believe that it's true. You just kind of declare with power and then create this space moving forward, like through the kind of clears the path ahead of you when you do that.
1: Yeah, and I like how he talks about that it puts your attention on what you're wanting to have happen, rather than focusing kind of all in all of the ways that maybe our behaviors are, you know, judgments, expectations, or whatever are stopping us, you know, so it's a very action oriented, instead of saying, like, I don't want to be judgmental, you know, saying, like, right now, I give up judgment, just to me, it just sort of like, shows you there's this path that you that you can go on.
0: Makes me when you were saying that it makes me think about you know when our kids were young there was this whole thing of like you don't want to say don't run you want to tell them what to do instead of like right. walk mm-hmm. and I, I think it's kind of that idea of like when you tell yourself what to do what you are going to do and kind of even make that assumption that you are doing it it's really powerful it it also makes me think about this concept from motivational interviewing, which is that the language you believe the most is the language that comes out of your own mouth. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is really powerful when you can kind of stand in that and claim it. It really does motivate and help to create change, I think.
1: Yeah. And I think if I were to tell myself, well, I'm not going to lay around today. I mean, (laughs) I can do a whole lot of other things, but if my intention is, you know, right now I'm going to, you know, Hop on Peloton and I'm going to do a ride or I'm going to do yoga or whatever it is. I mean, again, that outlines what it is that you are you're going to do and that you're committing to do versus what you're not.
2: Because that really does leave things really open ended Mm -hmm. if we just say, I'm not going to lie around today. Right, right. Yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know. I feel very like at a loss with that. (laughs) Right. Right. So we often have to put down our bricks again and again and again. I don't know if y'all have ever had that happen where you can kind of like put down a brick and then before you know it, like it's back on your back. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I think about that with, with like meditation that, uh, there's a lot of discussion about, you know, it's not the point is not to just have an open mind, empty mind all the time. It's that practice of continuing to draw your mind back to your breath or c- continue to draw almost, I picture like almost like riding a horse and gently guiding those reins back to the trail and then back to the trail. And it's actually that practice of bringing back that kind of strengthens that muscle. Uh, but this, you know, understanding that, of course, you're going to get off track. Like that, that's part of the practice. And that
2: really what we're practicing is bringing back. And we could never practice that if we never got off track, right? I love that. So almost like the goal isn't to never have bricks because we're always going to have bricks, but how do we just become more aware of them and more easily able to like set them down when they do come up? Yeah. 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 It's a nice way to look at it. So this idea of giving things up to get empty, right? Dropping bricks, however we want to think of it. What do you like about this practice?
1: There's a piece of, you know, again, I think it really fosters that awareness and it, helps you take ownership of what it is that you need to do to be more intentional. You know, I I think that it's so much easier, I think, for people to just say, oh, you know, I just need to let this go. You know, whereas letting go is a repetitive thing. It's not something that's done one time and that's it. And you first have to acknowledge like what it is that you're you're trying to let go of. And I think that is a place that's empowering when you take ownership of whatever that is, rather than somebody telling you what you need to let go of, if you have that awareness of what it is that you're struggling with, what it is that you're resisting, then you can then work at it and repeatedly try to, to drop these bricks to open up space for other things. Mm.
0: I think that's a part of kind of getting to know yourself. That's one thing I really love about this book is that kind of being a power, like finding your own power. So like learning that about yourself, what are the bricks? What do they feel like? What do they look like? That self-knowledge, that self-awareness is so important. And I think for me, especially the the brick of control, Once I notice that I picked that up, it makes it so much easier to then accept, right? That's like, oh, this is the control thing. This isn't that I need to go change da 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 and move, and this is I'm feeling the need for control, and I can go upstream and kind of put that
2: down. Almost a meta level, like instead of getting caught in the details of whatever it is you're trying to control that moment, you can come up to like, oh, there's the control back again. You got it. You got it. And kind
0: of it's, I have in my office, I have these magnetic rocks that kind of stick together as like a unit. I talk a lot with patients about, you know, when you notice that you're holding these rocks, you don't have to pick it apart and say, oh, is this control or is this? You can actually look at the whole thing and say, I can put it down. And so I, I like this idea of like, this whole thing is control. It's not I need to go make another doctor's appointment or need to go make the other. It's not about any of those details or logistics. The whole mess of rocks is control. And I can put the whole thing down without having to pick it apart. Like exit. I can, you just, got exit it. I can just exit from that conversation. You got it. Yeah. You got it. I don't even have to decide or logistic or anything with
2: it. I can just yeah.
0: exit. I love
2: that. I think there are two things I really like about this. First, I think in my life, I have the tendency to like, add things on, right? That whole idea of like self-improvement a little bit, like, okay, I need to start this and I need to do that. And so there's something really appealing to me about actually maybe what I need to do is like give things up. Like maybe that is really like where the power is going to be. is not so much taking on more things or doing something more, but actually doing less and clearing things. 100%. And I think this is where that self-awareness is
0: so important. I mean, all three of us are psychologists. I think we like to think that we're pretty self-aware. But I actually had a therapist not so long ago kind of hold a mirror up for me that when I get anxious, I take on more and more and more. And I had never really thought about it that way, but it's so true. I mean, when I get anxious, I want to control more things or iron out more details or create more you know control over the logistics. And I think just that knowledge of like, when I take on more and more and more, can I kind of dial back and realize, oh yeah, that's anxiety driving that. At, and I can put that whole brick down. That's control. That's what it is. And I don't need to do more. i can I can actually do less. And that awareness is what kind of really you know brings
2: that about and the greatest part about all of this is when we let go of things, right? And we set down bricks, there's so much more space for like lightness mm. and ease and play and joy right yeah. that that's what we're kind of giving ourselves and creating space for through some of these practices. Let's talk a little bit real quick before we end about grace, right? So he, we also talked to this idea about making space for grace. And so how much do y'all think about grace in your life? And how, like, what does that concept even mean to you?
1: <laughs> y'all are both looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, aside from it being my daughter's name, yeah. I mean, that's my daughter's name. Yeah, I mean, he, in the book, he talks about that, he just says, when life supports our efforts and paves the way for us so we can move effortlessly ahead, that is grace. And I think about that, like what you were saying, Lucy, as far as sort of this this ease in which, you know, things that we can have in our life. And I noticed that when I really try to force things and make it my way it is not an easy time of it. And I am harsher with myself. I'm harsher with other people and I'm just, I I don't treat myself or others with grace, but when I'm able to let go and see things as they are and just let things kind of flow, it just is really amazing to me how it's like you drive down the road and all the lights are green, you know, all the traffic lights. And that's what that feels like to me, like when that is in place. Which is a pretty darn good feeling. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that happened to me yesterday. I was worried about being late for an appointment and all the lights were green. And I made it there two minutes early. It literally (laughs) happened yesterday. And I was like ah, (laughs) you know, there is, there's just this like, ah, you can sigh and, and calm down. And yeah, my nervous system was pretty settled when that just kind of continued to happen. But I know what it's like when it doesn't, and I'm rushed and worried and I get all bound up and tight and frustrated and, and everything else. And and I get really, really harsh with myself. And so, yeah, it, it doesn't, when I'm in that space, I don't have a lot of grace for myself.
2: And what you said, too, that struck me is almost that there's this idea of, like, creating space for the grace, right? Uh And when we try to force things too much and we try to, like, figure it out and fix it all, we take up the space that, like, grace could otherwise exist, Mm -hmm. right? And so, how do we take that step back and and lean into things with more, I guess, trust, Mm -hmm. right, and generosity with ourselves? If I'm trying to
0: control absolutely everything, I'm not giving any space for the people in my life to help or to support or show up or have things just work out naturally on their own. And I think it kind of creates that like self-fulfilling prophecy. Like if I keep controlling and then then I get the message that that's the only thing that's working and I'm going to control even more and it just kind of keeps you snowballing versus kind of that taking the step back so that you can have the space to really see, oh, things might work out
2: without me having to control everything. This other idea in the book too is grace is as a gift, right? So you have to be willing to receive a gift to take on grace. what y'all think of that? Do you feel like you're, you're open to receiving gifts in your life? Does it sometimes feel hard to like need anything or receive goodness and gifts?
1: Sometimes it is. I mean, I, I think I can be a better gift giver <laughs> than than gift receiver, although I've been really trying to work on that and just be really open and and see like if I'm feeling uncomfortable, you know, and I'm thinking specifically about gift giving, but if it, it makes me feel uncomfortable to receive attention or presence or things like that, like I need to just, I don't know, kind of accept that that's my experience and just sort of breathe into it. And then it seems to like kind of open me up a bit to where I can, yeah, just be more open.
0: I think this is, again, where fear kind of weaves in is, I think it can put, it can really put some blinders on and so that it's really hard to even see those gifts when they come up. And I think that's another way of kind of like putting those bricks down that does give that space, right? If I'm in fear and I'm only focused straight ahead on the logistics, on the controlling, I'm not going to even be able to see all of the grace that's been given. And I think that's where like gratitude could really be helpful too, is kind of that openness of seeing that. And I think that 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 is only going to exist if you can see it and you're not going to be able to see it if you've got your head down, you know,
2: blinders on. Hmm. I was on the the retreat I just flew back from with the bathroom right by my seat <laughs> one of the the themes was grace that we worked mm-hmm. on and there was a woman there from the boston area who's a, who's a midwife but she t- used this expression of like a whiff of grace she said she had a co-worker and they worked in the hospital when they walked by the chapel the co-worker was like oh we get a little whiff of grace <laughs> right, as we walk by <laughs> I but it. i love that expression right and so thinking yeah. about in our lives like where can we be open to a little whiff of grace here and there <sighs> So I like, I think we need to go using that expression more often, that, share it with the world. So if we, as we wrap up today in the do try this at home, what do each of
1: you have? One of the first things is that I need to maybe sort of do an inventory and decide like, what is it that I need to give up? Like right here, right now. And that may be very, very well, maybe different things at different times. But when I'm noticing that I'm really anxious or I'm struggling or I'm resisting in some way so that I can have more of an open experience or allow grace to come in, I need to first ask myself, you know, what do I need to give up right now?
0: I think for me, I love knowing my bricks, right? Mm-hmm. I think that for a long time in my life, I think I was so angry about having to have the bricks or had so many feelings and stories about the bricks. But now it's kind of like this really nice self-knowledge that, oh, these are familiar. And I may not want to carry them for very long, right? I may when I'm aware of them, want to put them down. But the familiarity is so helpful with that,
2: that you can kind of know what they feel like, know what, know what they look like so it's easier to put them down and I love almost the idea of backing into that because I think sometimes we notice the feeling first so I think mm-hmm. this idea especially with frustration right frustration so where is there an expectation there right or if you feel stopped is there fear there yeah. so Almost using that emotion to help you like go backwards through what yeah. that brick is. and then
0: be. almost being able to like almost beat myself to the punch like oh I'm in fear I'm really gonna want to control right now so like yes. how do I do something else with that fear yeah. or respond to that fear in a
2: different way hmm. knowing that that path is the one that I usually take what great awareness and allow yourself to like respond rather than to react that's exactly it yeah i think my do try this at home instead of adding something on right see what you can give up you know be it some of these bricks of, of ways of thinking we're talking about or other bricks in your life right and instead of saying what do i need to do jamie exactly what you said that question of what do i need to give up love that so
1: thanks for joining us today next week next week we're getting naked um (laughs) we are gonna move on with the next (laughs) we're gonna move on with the with the next practice which is entitled embrace naked reality so tune in to hear more about that thanks so much for listening we look forward to seeing you soon thank
0: you for joining us for this episode Subscribe
1: to Inspiration from the Couch wherever you access your podcasts.
2: We always welcome your feedback. Visit us on our website at inspirationfromthecouch.com.